Welcome to Talking Cord. I'm Andy, and with me is my best mate, Dave. All right, Dave? I'm all right, Andy. I'm very, very... Well, I'm, I'm privileged to be known as your best mate or one of your acquaintances, one of your best acquaintances. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Are you? I'm buzzing, mate. I'm buzzing, mate. I've got uh, my other best mate with me as well. Phil, how hey. you doing, Pip? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, man. I, I'm glad you said that, because I started to feel put out a bit. Well, <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. I realised when I said it. <laughs> Best backtrack on this one. It's all about the inclusivity. Inclusivity, boys. Inclusivity, please. Oh, yeah. What a hot topic that is at the moment. Best Mate is one of those labels, isn't it? It's one of those things you've really got to live up to, guys. Mm. Um, thinking of labels, there's, there's a particular label we've been speaking about recently, isn't there, Phil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's that uh, label you wanted to talk about today? Imposter syndrome. Wow. I tell you, it's just... Imposter. It's just something. Yeah. It's just something that's always, always on my mind. Less, less so nowadays. I think I've trained it like the chimp. It's like mm. a chimp that's been trained. But it's something that's really, really, really always been on my mind, and I, I wanted it, wanted to bring it to the, uh, to the cast and just get everyone else's foot. Do, 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 do people feel the same way I do from time to time? Mm. So you can. You feel like a complete fraud, like you've got to where you've got to by lucky, happy accident. And, you know, and it's all right to have those sort of thoughts occasionally because I guess chance is part of it and accident and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's been something that's really, really weighed on my mind a lot through so the latter is that, of my career. Is that what it means to you then, that you've got to where you are by a lucky, happy accident? What what does imposter syndrome uh, yeah, actually mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. So I, you know, I, I guess my bugbear in life, the thing that triggered imposter syndrome, if I really, really dug deep, it was the fact that I never went to university, right? And then, and that's fine. That's that's you know, I don't, you know, but I think I, um, I, I was fine. Well, I studied audio at college, right? Production, music production, that kind of stuff, right? Mm. And that was great because I, all I wanted to do was mess around in bands, yeah? So great, you know? And then the thought of sticking around for another three years, studying something that I just I just couldn't be arsed with it. So went out, got a job, worked in retail, did all of that, got money to dick around in music. and then And then that was fine. But it was only when I kind of came into more serious work later in life um, that it started to become a thing that I, that I felt was a, a bit of a burden. Um, you know, and I, 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 you know, I suppose when I was in retail and stuff like that in my, in my twenties, early twenties, it just didn't matter. No one gave a shit whether you'd been to, um, you know, university or not. But I think, Got to late late twenties and started working in more serious roles. It just mm. it felt like a you know a, a a big thing. Everyone around me had degrees in in what have you, and I didn't. Mm. Um, so I think I, I don't think it's the same now. I think there was sort of a bit of a blip, wasn't it? Personally, the way I look at it, my my generation was sort of it was almost frowned upon if you didn't go to university. Mm. Prior to that. You know, it wasn't like that, and um, and the way things are now, there's more choices. There's apprenticeships and all those kind of things. 
But for me, the root of my constant imposter syndrome thing, I think is because I never went to university. So that's the root cause of it, that yeah. you don't have a degree, you didn't go to uni like other people. I didn't go to uni. No. For a similar reason, I just couldn't be asked. I just wanted to be yeah. money. You know, and I worked <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a very similar environment. It was just <laughs> whatever, whatever job. Did you go to uni, King Cod? No, I didn't. No, no. I mean, I was good. Back in the day, what I wanted, my passion or what I wanted to be, I wanted to be an architect. So by default, you had to do that. But no. then I was into graphics mm-hmm. and... And I'd, I'd done my GCSEs. I went to college to do my A-levels, which I did well on my GCSEs, went to college to do my A-levels, pretty much drank for two years, didn't do very well on my A-levels. Still wanted to go and get into like graphics, but at, at, at the time you had to do, a, well, my route into it was to go and do a foundation year, first uh, an art foundation mm-hmm. year, which I lasted for for two weeks. And I was like, i got to get out of here. i got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And... I wanted to go and get a job, but, you know, and I had some people put me forward, I had some good contacts to go and have a conversation, but you're going to get a job and they're going, have you got any experience? What's your portfolio like? And I'm like, well, I've got no experience. I haven't got any portfolio because I can't, I need a job to do that. So give me the job to to, to allow me to do it. So (laughs) no, I didn't go to university and I guess I don't, I don't regret not going, uh, 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 and I don't think you're saying that you regret you don't you don't regret that you you didn't go, do you, Phil? You're just saying that I no that validation no, that you sort of I feel don't. like is around it. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. when you when you're around people, everyone's got degrees and everyone's sort of you know, it's very easy to beat yourself up and say, Well, you haven't. And you know, really who gives a shit because it's like three years, most mm-hmm. most qualifications apologies anyone in education but you know a lot of qualifications that go out there you know I've, I've recruited people with degrees on paper but thick is too short fucking planks you know and and you know you've got a, so what you've got a degree in psychology or something ridiculous it's like well you know do, how does that apply so I can tell me you know I can tell my rational brain it's just it's but you know but the the the, the, the and to me I've done a lot of thinking about this, so I'll, 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 I'll be rambling for a, for a minute or two. For for me, I think it's the imposter syndrome syndrome. I've let, I've, I've kind of by not recognizing it, not sort of doing something with it. Um, that's got me into some difficult places in terms of work because I sort of overcompensate. You know what I mean? So the, the yeah. little voice in my head's going, ooh, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going to get found out soon. They'll, they'll realise <laughs> you better do more work. You better just press on. But, you know, yeah, you know, it really is there. And I, I I, know full well that I've put myself, put work in front of so much else and pressured myself, as I've talked about a lot in, in the cast. You know, I pressured myself a lot and it really does come down, down to this kind of, worry of being found out and fucked up excuse my french but you know mm. it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's a hard one really so is. Uh, dev dev you've got um you've got your own experiences do you identify with imposter syndrome struggle with it or what what does it mean to you i definitely get it i absolutely identify with it and yeah probably on and off maybe maybe a slightly different different reasonings to fill uh i've got no real formal training in in what i do 
I've worked for myself probably since, you know, in my early 20s and everything I know has been on the job. Uh, but I do sometimes, if we are putting a proposal together for a client, you know, you're making recommendations and sometimes I go, oh, right, oh, can we deliver this? Can we do this? Who's delivering it? I'll be like, oh, well, I'm doing that. And I'm going, can mm-hmm. I do it? But I've done it previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. so, so it's there. And it's not like I, I profess to know everything about everything. Uh, you know, I've got an open mind and I'm still learning, which, 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 which is fantastic. But we've been working on a project recently where we've been reviewing our own proposition, uh, which has been quite interesting because... I'm working on it, you know, Phil's had some input into it and we've got a third party looking at it with us as well. So that's been interesting. And then when it's reviewed and then we're looking at it back going, holy shit, that's us. Is, is that what we do? <laughs> can, can, can we do that? <laughs> and we do it. Of course we do it. Uh, but I think possibly, you know, you've got your skills that you provide. For me, it's, it's aligning those skills to the, people that you are hopefully going to work with and that sometimes you can go in I can go I've been right. in pitches where you're pitching for a piece of work and you know you can do it but because the guys that you're working with are possibly are possibly overcompensating you can sit and you just you can sit in a meeting and go this is this <laughs> yeah. isn't it this what the hell's oh, going man. on here because yeah. I believe yeah. it's this you told me it's this and I'm sat around the table with you lot and I'm going well, am, am I? In, I'm like I'm in a in another world, sort of thing, and it's it's. Yeah. You end up in situations where people use a completely different. The language becomes more complex. It becomes more, you know, abbreviated. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that is, I believe, is those guys have got the imposter syndrome, and they're justifying their bloody jobs. It's totally. And it's becoming more and Man, more and more that's... complicated for the sake of it. So, the yeah. imposter syndrome sometimes is a result of being in a situation that I've got myself into because I've got this. We've got the skills to deliver it. We've got the business to deliver it, but the clients like, holy, it's like guys. And it, it, but again, that's when it comes back to the people by by people sort of thing. So and people. My experience of it is is probably slightly different. Oh man, but 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 that exactly what you described there, Dave. There, Dave was just such a vivid memory. Uh, of one of my first sort of the, the first outing of the imposter syndrome chimp was I, I, I was at a, a you know I, I was in this organization public sector organization sort of working with creative businesses and what have you and I got dragged into this meeting of experts um about there was about 15 middle-aged white blokes and and obviously now i'm a middle-aged white bloke but you know there's 15 (laughs) middle-aged white blokes um some public sector people no one from industry loads of academics right and I, i and i was sat there thinking and it was all exactly as dave described there all these acronyms come out all these kind of long words that are kind of totally unnecessary and it all like it just be, I was sat there thinking, bloody hell, this might be the this might be the thing where I get found out. Someone will ask yeah, me something yeah. in a minute, <laughs> get me to stand up, stand in the corner. What? Well, yeah, why are you here? You know. And I just, I just, it really, really I came home. I remember mm-hmm. like talking to myself, my wife, and thinking, bloody hell, you know, I have to, I really feel underqualified to be in that room as I was. But of course, what I didn't know then is that. As Dave says, 
everyone there was overcompensating for their own mm-hmm. kind of thing and doing it in their own way. And nothing came of this discussion. I mean, literally nothing came of it because it was all bollocks that people were yeah. talking. But it was properly, that was the exact moment when I, when I, when the imposter syndrome thing really kicked in with me. Like it's, it's left a, mm. a, 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 a lasting, I won't say scar, but you know, it's just, it's, it is proper etched on my brain that, that I can, I can even visualize the room, you know, it's like, and it's, it must be about 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah, scary. I'm feeling. I can feel it now. I can. Feel, like, can see I'm it. Just. I'm trying to it, like yeah. get my breathing back. But I know this is how I would have been sat, chest tight, sort of like you know, you know, trying to take everything in, make it, trying to make sense. Because I think, I think I one of my best skills is making sense of stuff i think that's why i was so you know i can make sense of something quite complicated and distill it into something simple i'm quite good at that so when something was way beyond me (laughs) bloody hell i don't know what this is i don't know why we're all here it's really interesting that you both use the the phrases overcompensating and that's what happens in in certain scenarios so it's like a a board meeting or a team meeting Mm -hmm. or some kind of place where people are jostling for position to look, to be seen, to be intelligent or to fit in. Mm. Overcompensating breeds more overcompensating, which means it's less authentic, which is pretty, you know, pretty damaging to to that culture in, in many ways. I think going back to this, you know, this phrase of imposter syndrome, if you'd asked me a few years ago, I would have said 100% I am the ultimate imposter. Because I shouldn't even be here, you know, for various reasons. I didn't go to university. My twin sister died. I overcompensated for the fact I don't have a twin sister anymore. Like I have to, I have to, I have to be everything to everyone. Um, I'm the youngest of a of a large family, so I have to overcompensate because I was my parents' youngest, you know. So I've I've lived my life overcompensating all the time, and it's various things when you when you when you win an award or you win a race or you achieve something you think ah but and when you give a comp when you give a compliment to somebody i hear this to with most people speak with i say oh dave i tell you what you're you're a leader uh, but i see myself as a middleman like mm-hmm. we just don't take the label very yeah. well when it's a complimentary label but i think this is the thing you know this is my thoughts on this mm-hmm. the, the reason why we feel imposter syndrome is because of these labels you know I, I really have an issue about labels so you'd say for example you go on your cv or linkedin for example you go i am a high performing diligent yeah, yeah. amazing <laughs> dogs bollocks project are manager you, are you reading example. mine there <laughs> <laughs> verbatim um, <laughs> so and, but what we tend to do we, we try to live up to those labels that we've given ourselves so you go all right we've put that on my cv i've put it on linkedin i've said this in an interview or i've said this to a potential client and therefore i have to live up to that label i've just made for myself and sometimes when i'm not feeling 100 i don't actually feel that good so then you you feel like a fraudster you know you feel like an imposter so I would have said a few years ago, I was a hundred percent imposter. I lived my life as an imposter. I shouldn't be a husband. I shouldn't be a dad. I shouldn't be a son. I shouldn't be working in the job I've got. I don't deserve anything. I've, I, I'm, I just have to keep trying harder and harder 
overcompensating and try and try harder and this leads to perfectionism and that perfectionism yeah. is when you make any kind of mistake you think i'm shit me i'm shit yeah i, I just yeah, i shouldn't even be doing this. I, i'm going to resign because everybody's going to find out that i'm actually not as good as i thought i was but as yeah. you said before everybody's kind of lying a little bit they're over kind of overcompensating and pretending to be who they're not so i've done a little bit of research into this guys which probably won't surprise you um, but I want to ask you, Phil. Do you, so, so, would you say imposter syndrome is a real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, well, yeah. I'm, you're going to oh, you, you, you sounded I'd, certain. Now you don't. Well, I, I could literally write a book on imposter syndrome. Oh. Although I'm not entirely sure I'm the right person to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm not qualified. <laughs> I'm not qualified. It's not me. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not very good. But yeah, with no, words. I, I, well, yeah, I do. No, I do. I think it's a, well. It is clearly a psychological thing. I would imagine. Well, it is, isn't it? Surely, yeah, because it's not a. It's just how your brains. What your brains? I'm I'm doing the ask Andy for you here. I, yeah, thank you. I, but I'm making it up completely. But um, I, it's real, as in, um, it, it it's. It, it can it can trigger a feeling like it did with me mm. in in when I punched up in my chair just thinking about that blooming meeting, mm. and it's a thing in that you know if something comes in, um, work or or life you know mm. um, you know you, you the imposter syndrome will make force you to question whether you're right you're good enough whether you're right you know you're the right mm. person for something so it's real so i to think you, it's then. real it's real yeah. to me bloody hell yeah yeah Definitely fair for me is it a real thing to you whether it's so whether it's described maybe Was the description's wrong maybe the description's wrong but the feelings or the everything that sits around it i, I believe mm. is real in society uh and i think mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But we've described it in sort of different ways now, haven't we? So if you think about the way mm-hmm. Phil's described it and I've described it, it's still very similar, isn't it, uh, that, that sits with it? And I love what you were saying there, Andy, about the labelling of things. I am I am David Eccles. I am a bang. And as a result of that, I do this, this, mm-hmm. and this. And I maybe don't suffer as... I do think about it. I do think about it, but I think I'm at a stage in my life now where you could put me in front of Boris Johnson or whoever, and I would be happy to have a conversation with him and feel quite comfortable because I genuinely believe what you, always with me, what you see is what you get, and I'm a good person. I'm a, and I'm a good person. You know, I've got my faults, but I've got my good bits. I don't feel like I have to pretend to be anybody else other than I am now. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't. So maybe that reduces the imposter syndrome or what, what, whatever you whatever you want to call it. And sometimes yeah. maybe mm. sometimes for me maybe it's more of a self belief. And and sometimes I believe in my, myself more some days than others. But we all have that, don't we? Does that answer your oh, question? Yeah. Does that answer your I think question that's pretty well? Though, yeah. Well, yeah, because because what we're hearing is you're saying yeah. Yeah, imposter syndrome does exist, but the older you get, the wiser you get, the less you actually care what people think about you. Therefore, yeah, to yeah. you, you don't identify me, yes. it yeah. as an imposter yeah. anymore. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. 
Um, yeah. So, so I did a bit of research on this. Um, I've, I've, been, I've, I've heard this on loads of podcasts. I've read loads of blogs and articles about it. Um, and, and as you know, labels really wind me up. And I think this is one of those labels that therapists love because it gives them loads of work. You know, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Sort of thing. They so do, they're just thinking reoccurring revenue. Coach. Show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, so so the description of imposter syndrome, this is a, a common description. Phil, you, you're almost bang on the money. It was almost like you read it from Wikipedia. Um, but it is, um, it's a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has persistent internalised fear of being exposed as a fraud. So that's it's, it's, so the key word for me is like persistent, internalized, um, and yeah. psychological pattern. When it becomes yeah, a pattern, yeah. then it's something which sticks with you. So I thought, well, you know, me and semantics, let's dig a little bit deeper. What does that actually mean? So the word imposter is a person who pretends to be someone in else to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. Now I can see how that works. In a work environment or a business environment, you want to be perceived to be better than you are, so you get paid more. So that's for fraudulent gain. So I can see how that works. But but going back to that previous episode about chimp paradox, our limbic systems, it's been developed to protect us in these environments. In these environments, we need to be seen to to fit into that troop. And this is probably why we overcompensate. Yeah, that's yeah. In, that's imposter. The word syndrome. Now this this really kind of confused me a little bit, and I'm I'm glad I looked into this one. Is it um, from Marvel? Is it? Is, it, is it a character out of the Marvel films? I don't really watch him. Uh, it, could be, oh, <laughs> it could be. It could be. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it says. Give us the real I'll, reason, I'll, Andy. Web, so it must be true. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's real. It's just semantics. or words. A, a syndrome is a set of medical signs and symptoms which are correlated with each other and often associated with a particular disease or disorder. So the word derives from, the, from a Greek word, syndromo, meaning concurrence. So there's there's a combination of things which are happening here. Um, so the fact that two or more events or circumstances happening at the same time. Um, so I thought, I've got, to, I've got to find out more about this. How many syndromes, actual recognised syndromes, do you think there are? Who wants to go today, first? Dave, a lot. First. I would imagine hundreds now. In this day and age, hundreds. Yeah, go on. Uh, 1,622. point five. One six two two point five. Phil, higher or lower? Uh, lower. Lower. <laughs> two thousand seven hundred syndromes. Two thousand seven hundred. Dave what do I win by? The boys? And the mini metro. Love it. <laughs> yeah, mini metro. To, 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 to and the, and the jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you could have won. Um, oh, so, wow. They, they're often associated with dysmorphias. For example, mm. um, such as let's have a see Down syndrome, and then there are other other medicals such as toxic shock syndrome, where you can't actually pinpoint the cause of it. So, Phil, you identified the causes of your imposter syndrome. So, mm. yeah. you know, you can identify maybe one or two or three occurrences what led to this syndrome. So, basically, yeah. syndrome means like we can't really put our finger on it. It's just it's like an illness or a disease, but it's often associated with um, like a mental illness, for example. Mm. Uh, so, in the context of mental illness um, and its treatment, uh, certain individuals may see themselves as less ill than others. Now, I can identify with this. So, we went to Andy's Man Club. If you're in a talking group, you'd go, 
yeah, well, you know, I've been struggling with anxiety and depression for, you know, for five, six mm. years now. Next person, I've been, I've been struggling for about 10 years now. Next person, I've been on antidepressants for 15 years. Next person, I thought about suicide. Next person, I've attempted suicide. And it almost feels like there's this, well, actually, now you've said that, I don't feel like I'm mentally ill compared to you. Yeah. And that's that's another place that actually occurs because these are the environments that people talk about. Uh, talk about imposter syndrome. It's like, and we doubt ourselves, we doubt our abilities. But it's there's almost like a comparison. And this, for me, is where imposter syndrome comes from. We have to compare ourselves to other people. And in this age, this digital age of... We'll say Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you know, people living their best lives going, God, Dave's way better than me. You know, he's been more successful in business, therefore I'm shit at business, in which case I'm an imposter. You know, Phil's better with words than I am. I'm shit at words. I'm an imposter. You know, so we compare ourselves to other people. So do you know when the first time it was actually discovered, this syndrome, before it even became a thing? Do you want to hazard a guess at when this came out? 1975. Uh, Ooh, higher or lower than Lower, just by one year, my birth year. Are you, are you saying 74? That's it is as well, isn't it? Yes, 74. 75 is 1978. <laughs> you ready? Of what? 1978. Whoa. There you are. You've won again. special prize. Bully special prize. As, as the BG said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and two. So it was... <laughs> You get nothing for two in a bit. Um, no, uh, not in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually it was it was first cited in 1978 as imposter phenomenon, 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 or imposterism or fraud syndrome or imposter experience. And this was a piece of research where we looked at um, where people looked at women in business in particular, high performing females, whether overcompensated to be to be accepted in their environment. So it was associated with females overworking to be accepted by males um but proven since then that actually it's it's equal across all genders it doesn't matter every you know everybody can have imposter syndrome and it probably affects up to 80 percent of the population now and that's increasing all the time so that's the background to it my two penneth on that is i don't think imposter syndrome is actually a real thing it, these these i honestly believe it's us overthinking things we're overthinking yeah. and care too much about what people think about us. Comparison. So too much in one, comparison. In one respect, it, yeah, it's comparison. Yeah. And we talk about troop and we talk about, you know, how do we want to fit in? We, we overcompensate to fit in because we don't want people to think we're not as good as we actually are. It's, we, we, we are, you know, we're great in everything we do. You know, we've achieved the things that we've achieved, not because of luck, but usually because of hard work. Children who are learning to walk don't, you know, start walking and go, oh, I don't feel like I'm a very good walker. You know, <laughs> or, you know, when, when they go to the toilet for the first time, because, yeah, but I think I could have done it better this time, Daddy. They don't say <laughs> things like that. You know, they don't get imposter syndrome. It's, it's when you start work or you, or you go to university, go, oh, all right, I don't feel like I belong here anymore because we overthink what people think about us. So... Yeah. Imposter syndrome is not real to me, but I get that it's real to other people. And I'm not a therapist, so this isn't medical advice by any means, but thoughts become feelings. And we often talk about imposter syndrome manifesting as a feeling rather than yeah. a thought. And the only yeah. thing we can stop that is hit the pause button, as you would do in like cognitive behavioral therapy, and go, why am I thinking that? And is that a true thought? Is that actually real? And just hold on a little bit. What was really interesting is watching you both, and our listeners can't 
um, have the benefit of what I've got. I can't, they can't see you. Phil, you were leaning in and like your body language is all closed up. It's like mm. I'm protecting myself yeah. here from people thinking yeah. that I'm actually, I'm a fraudster. And King yeah. Cod, you sat back and put your arm, you put some distance between it, cross your arms, cross your arms and like, I'm not too sure if I'm associating with this anymore. Your body language completely changed. Yeah, so yeah. it was fantastic to watch you both answer those questions. So my answer would be, it's a real thing if you make it a real thing. I was that ultimate imposter as far as I was concerned. Now I don't really give a shit what people mm. think about me. Therefore, imposter syndrome's disappeared because I don't have that feeling anymore. It sounds like it's built around, I'm just trying to pick out some of the triggers from that. And I think one of the main, for me, thinking one of the main ones is comparison. That comparison mm. uh, between you or others. And I see it in, I see it with a lot of businesses do that a lot, you know. They compare themselves mm. with other businesses. They're doing this and they're doing that, which then stops them from doing what they want to do the way they want to do it, which possibly would make them significantly different to basically be better than the other businesses they want to compete against. So that, that that's mm. quite interesting. And also the self-belief, it converts to self-belief then, doesn't it? You know, belief in yourself. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's coming from that, that comparison element of it. And today, mm. uh, if you think about... In the past, you would have limitly, you would be limited in the channels that would enable you to compare. Holy shit! The amount of data yeah. and information, or the channels that you can use now to compare on a daily basis, and the connectivity mm. with it is frightening. It's absolutely yeah. frightening. So it's not surprising that there are more and more of these syndromes that are coming up, or the fact that mm. more than more people may be suffering with it. With it on a daily basis because of because of the the, the the connectivity to enable you to do that. That's frightening. Mm. That's proper frightening. Yeah. yeah. And and if and if we buy into those comparisons, um, you know, through data, business to business, person to person, for example, you can see why people get so stressed and hung up about it and damage yeah. themselves and those reoccurring thought patterns keep coming up yeah but we need to up our game yeah. we need to be better i've got to be better i've got to be. and it's self-destructive that perfectionism to be compared to other people just be yourself and as an organization just live your values it's so much easier and less stressful than, than comparing to others phil you were going to say something weren't you yeah i think it's it, it, there's something that just the self-belief is obviously that's 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 the big thing you know it's taking taking a bit of time out to take stock of what you've done and don't let that the 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 imposter syndrome thing kind of take over and start to rationalize things for you um i um i i definitely now feel the imposter syndrome thing has definitely not disappeared but it's 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 in control it's like mm. it's, it's it it doesn't bubble up that because I am more confident in the things I've done, the things I've done successfully, and the things I know I could do. You know, like if, it, if something comes along that I know I'm not going to be able to do, I genuinely can't do it. I'll say I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put myself in a position mm -hmm. where I can. But anything else, I've got a sense of whether I can do it or not. So the self confidence confidence goes. You know, it's probably it, it, it takes that imposter thought and says, Hang on a minute, let's just have a little internal chat about this. Your person on the left is say of me brain is saying, Couldn't possibly do that, or I'll mess it up. 
person on the right bit of my brain is going, yeah, but we've done stuff like this before. And remember mm. that time when that, that thing felt like it might not be achievable, you did it and everyone was really happy with it. It's just allowing that 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 second voice I sound like yeah. I've got multiple you, personalities but you know that's like the dialogue in my head yeah. Phil do you do you think some of that might be as a result of who you choose to do it with so for example your yeah. circle in your private life has become condensed down so yeah. you're only associating with and chilling yeah. with going these are cool guys yeah. I can be at peace with these guys and when you're doing yeah, work or you're totally. working delivering projects you're yeah. working with yeah. people and partners because these are the guys I want to work with. And when yeah. you're looking at new business or looking at product, you might have eight clients that are talking to you and you just go, do you know what? I'm just going to work with these guys because it feels right. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm part of a machine that has to go work with them, work with them, get the money, deliver it, work with them. Work. So you're maybe subliminally, however you say it, you're filtering that down. <laughs> And you're doing what you yeah. want to do with the people that you want to do it. So you, you're more comfortable yeah. to be yourself. Totally. And and yeah, that's it. Bang on, mate. Bang, bang on. Because we talked about in an earlier episode that, that our listener will remember um, <laughs> about, you know, when we're young and we're sort of out and about and our circle of friends is massive yeah. and we're just, you know, we're going out, we're trying mm. to be able to project an image of ourselves ultimately to attract a mate. I mean, that, that, that I think that's the, the sort of the, the, the genetics of mm. it, but we are like, we do have all these kind of, and we are trying to puff up the chest and, you know, yeah. big ourselves up and our, you know, and actually when you get to our age, you, you don't need that because as Dave says, you, all, all, all the people closest to you know you anyway. You don't really have to impress anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, you, 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 you have the confidence of, of the experience and, and the things you've been across and, and the ability to reflect on stuff and go, yeah, that worked, that worked, that didn't work, but I wouldn't do it again, you know. And, and, and that, all of that has really, and it's, it has been just the last couple of years. Um, I I, um, I might have mentioned this before, but a couple of years ago, I started speaking to a, a, a like a, a coach, you know, having regular sessions with with, with her. Was, was it One called Andy Hall by any chance? Was, well, was it an Andy Hall? No, it wasn't. Sorry, Andy. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but as one of my best mates, I wouldn't want to overcomplicate our relationship by uh, introducing aspects of my own personal psyche like that it. you might not otherwise be comfortable with. So... <laughs> No, so um, one of the brilliant, brilliant things that uh, this coach did to me, we were talking about this kind of thing of going, oh, I've just landed some new work, I'm terrified I'm going to mess it up, you know, and she took me through this process of sort of projecting myself to a calm place 10 years from now, Hmm. brilliant surroundings that I really enjoyed, dead visual um, it was doing kind a of mind doing a, doing a like, podcast with three with another couple of awesome guys <laughs> that was in the mix yeah, too. Yeah, so that was it. That was definitely it. And then had all, you guys around, and and then but it was like, well, just put yourself in this place. Ten ten years from now, what is you in ten years time going to tell you mm. right now about how you feel in this situation <laughs> and what you know? What's the reality? Let that let that true version of yourself who knows exactly what's going on come back and give you that guidance and i think that's really yeah. helped with the 
Impossible because the imposter syndrome for me bubbles up when I've got something new on or yeah. or something I'm sort of struggling with or it, it comes back up not like it used to work so all the time but it creeps in yeah. and then just doing that sort of transformation area I'm ten years from now happy place <laughs> telling me what to do um, but it has been a flipping brilliant tool for that actually it works like a dream yeah. it's a wonderful know, technique really to because it allows you to distance yourself from the feeling. And yeah. you're talking to your future self, so you don't you yeah. don't live the feeling. You can you know you can you can observe the thought almost as as a third party and go, that's bullshit, isn't it? I shouldn't really yeah. be thinking yeah. that. So you've obviously got a great coach there. Yeah. Um, Dave, could you summarise the episode for us? What what should our listener take away from this episode? Oh man, that's a good question. I think well On maybe maybe the fact that the the condition or however you want to describe it exists, but it's sort of different for. a different for different people isn't it Phil's is different to mine and again he's, you know with yourself Andy the the two bits from for me I'm thinking about is a is definitely around that that self-belief element of it you know yeah. the belief in able to be mm. either who you are or what you want to become uh, maybe but also that it, it that, that self-selection element of it is really interesting really interesting and maybe maybe it is this age that we are in, you know, middle age sort of thing that you've been through it and you start to work through it and and cope. Although although I had a catch up with a guy I've not spoken for ten years this week and he's only in his thirties and we might have to get him on here, guys, because he's in his thirties and has probably gets it and I'm in my late forties and I was just mm. like wow, it blew me away. I'm like going. How have you got it? How have you managed to get it at the age of 30? And I'm only just getting it now in my mid-40s. What have you done to be able to do that? So, and I was digressing a bit. but that, He's listened uh, to this podcast. He's Well, he's he reconnected because he did That's listen him. to the podcast, Hello. if I'm honest with you. Hey, it's exactly go. why. We've it's sorted exactly him out. <laughs> but he's proper, he's proper got his shit together. Or, you know, from talking to it, I was yeah. just like, wow, you, you've really got it together. So those are bit. Those would be the things for me, Andy. You know, it, it it's it in it in its simplest form. So yeah, it's pretty good summary like that. I'm pleased to get him on. Hopefully, we'll be speaking in a couple of weeks with uh, our listener. <laughs> it is it is the listener. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? Andy? You guys, I, I, in episode yours, two. <laughs> <laughs> what's my what? Sorry? What's your what's your takeaway? Because you're, you're I mean, you're you're the statto, aren't you? You know, you're the you're the statso in the dynamic. <laughs> the statso in the dynamic of the three. I've got a new label. Okay, statso now. It's um, a good statso. We don't like my labels, takeaway but is, say is, that one. Enjoy that label. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's a complimentary. I'll, one. T- I'll take it then. I'll take it then. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, my takeaway is that we we feel things that we overthink. You know, so we we think things and we we get trapped in our own thoughts, and it's. When we get this label, we we identify with it and we become it even more. And I think that's the problem with labels. It's funny you mentioned uh, you wanted to be an architect. Have you ever, have you ever done the Myers Briggs um, psychometric test? I've done over so, the years all sorts you, of bits so, of stuff like that, but I can't remember any of it. No. So, so I I did it years ago, probably over a decade ago, and I was INTJ. And do you know what that describes? Uh, introvert. The, the, yep. I can't remember. Introvert. Normal, but the, the... I am normal. <laughs> Joker. 
<laughs> an introverted. I am an introverted. I am an introverted normal joker. No idea. Something like that. So um, anyway, uh, introvert nurturing thinking judging. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, um, which is also described as an architect. Oh right, wow, yeah. That's the architect label in Myers Briggs. So that you know, I thought that was quite ironic. Um, I took it again recently. Um, I'm ENFJ now. Right. So two of them have completely changed yeah. in the last in the last decade or so. Yeah. So apparently, this introvert, and I was a massive introvert. I was a proper crippled by you know being such an introvert i'm now an extrovert wow. depending on the situation we're in. in fact to be fair i think we're all ambiverts you know we're introvert or extrovert depending on the situation we're in, whether you've got control what's that an, an omnivert right? so yes yeah. for another time Am- ambivert. ambivert oh wow so in certain situations you don't you don't you don't you're not you're not internalized you know you, you're comfortable yeah. you know you, you can express yourself and in certain situations you're comfortable to express yourself it depends where you are and quite often it's you know it Performers have yeah, have have um, a lot of introversion in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you you know mm. a lot of performers, yeah. so you know you they they can be in certain situations completely expressive, and you know they find it cathartic to be on a stage, have a microphone mm. in the hand or an instrument in the hand. Um, but in certain situations, they they cripple with anxiety. You know, they some some struggle to have conversations with strangers, for example. So I think we can flip between you know introvert and extrovert in certain situations when we have control. So I'm now an extrovert, apparently, but I don't buy that label. I just think in some situations, I'm happy to host events or interview people. Ten years ago, I didn't want to do that. I was uncomfortable yeah, with that. Um, I'm now more a feeling kind of person rather than a thinking kind of person. Mm. So I think going back to you know your point there, Dave, um, these are labels that we give ourselves, and it's just easier for our chimp to go, oh, that's my label. I don't have yeah. to think about it anymore. But once in a while, we just need to just observe those thoughts and go, well, actually, do I identify that with that anymore? Yeah, my takeaway would be just be who you're meant to be. Evolve. Don't give a shit about Evolve. what people think about you. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, just just exactly. Yeah, and and as we as we get older, we we don't care as much what people think about us. And I think to me that is what this podcast is actually all about. You know, three blokes getting older theoretically yeah, wiser nice. going actually like we don't really care what people yeah, think about us it. and in 20 years time we'll be like swearing at everybody who walks past <laughs> Victor Meldrew we'll have gone into Victor indeed um, guys it's been an absolute joy to see you yeah, to lovely, speak guys. with lovely. you to, lovely. To, for you to share your vulnerabilities again awesome. absolutely loved it um so to our listener or listeners, hopefully we're up to two now. Um, do you think imposter syndrome is a real thing? Does it? How does it show up for you? Um, is there anything in particular you want us to talk about in future episodes? Feel free to direct message us. I almost did that DM thing, you know. So DM us, guys. I want to be pretty cool. So send us a direct message to your favourite Codmaster or the one you know. Um, email us. Or even email us on, is it info at talkingcod.com? It's not. It's hello at what talkingcod.com. I think. I and I know. set the email up. I know, guys. Oh, I know. God. I know. <laughs> if, if, you get, if you back, do, try if you do, else, yeah, if you get a bounce back, does ping us. You'll find us somewhere, guys. <laughs> Branding experts. Also, 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 give us a shirt, give us a like, and if you've got a bit of time, get some comments in there as well. That'll be good also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you know anybody who might benefit from this podcast, uh, let them know about it, share it with them, and... Uh, spread the love speaking of spreading the love uh, it's been absolutely lovely spending this time with my favourite bestest friends nice one boys until next week until next week likewise 
Nice one. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking COD, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Cod.